This podcast contains violence, adult themes, and material that may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. True North True Crime is produced on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Welcome to another episode of TNTC Shorts. As most of you know, we are an independent and self-funded podcast. As such, we rely on the generosity of folks like you to keep us caffeinated while we research and record these episodes. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash TNTCpod. It can be a one-time donation, or if you want to become an honorary producer of the podcast, you can choose the $5 a month option. And as always, we thank you for listening to the podcast and supporting the podcast in any way you can. If you are new to the podcast, go ahead and follow us, subscribe to us, or like us on your podcast platform of choice. And as always, you can find us at TNTC Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or follow us on our Facebook page at True North True Crime. So tonight we are going to be doing an update on our September 4th, 2020 episode, which was episode 6, Natsumi Kogawa. The update in this case is that William Victor Schneider has won an appeal in his murder conviction. We have been following this case quite closely. Uh, There have been many updates since our episode was released. We have been lucky enough to be connected with a friend of Natsumi Kogawa's, who is also a friend of her family, and that person has been helping us out with the facts of the case. This is one of those frustrating cases where it seems that the families and friends of victims continue to be victimized by a system of appeals that can feel like it's never-ending. This is a case that we are very passionate about. As some of you know, Natsumi's body was found across the street from our Vancouver apartment. We care very deeply about this case and will not stop covering it until justice has been found for Natsumi. If you are not familiar with Natsumi's case, we cover it in depth in our sixth episode, Natsumi Kogawa, but we will quickly recap it for you now. So Natsumi was a wonderful and very unique person. She possessed a great sense of humor. She was smart, sensitive, and considerate. She was also a really experienced traveler. Natsumi was respectful to all the people that she knew, And it is this reason and her personality uh, that we believe that her friendliness was taken advantage of by William Victor Schneider. She was the only daughter in a big family of five, and her mother still resides in her hometown in northern Japan, and she runs a family shop. Natsumi approached a Tokyo and Vancouver-based agency that assisted Japanese citizens with English studies in Canada. She was looking for a change of direction in her life, and at the same time, she resigned from her company in Tokyo. She arrived in Canada on May 22, 2016. We could spend a whole episode talking about Natsumi and her accomplishments, but since this is a brief episode, we need to move on to William Victor Schneider. William Victor Schneider, the man convicted of murdering Natsumi Kogawa, was born in Vernon in 1967. He attended Clarence Fulton High School, where he was known to bully other students. 
He first became involved with the legal system in 1985 when he was just 17 years old. His criminal record continues to this day with close to 50 convictions. Eventually, Schneider drifted down to the lower mainland uh, around the Vancouver area. It's rumored that he had an arrest for drug smuggling, uh, but those charges didn't stick. He went on to live a sort of a nomadic uh, life filled with violent crime, drug use, and a life with no fixed address. It's always been our view that he lived no fixed address using the shelter systems as a way to avoid detection by the authorities, not because he was actually destitute or managing an addiction. We don't have time to get into William's complete record of over 50 criminal convictions, but we do want to highlight the following. Between 1997 and 1998, Schneider was involved alone as a sole perpetrator in numerous armed robberies across the west end of Vancouver, targeting only Japanese restaurants. They were targeted because Schneider stated the staff were always compliant and easy to deal with. Staff were always, it seems, women up front. It is believed that he served two-thirds of a four-year sentence at a maximum security prison in the Fraser Valley for the armed robberies. Then, in 2002, he returned to Vancouver. While on statutory release for the armed robberies, it was around this time that he met his now-estranged wife. It was also at this time that he was investigated for a sexual assault. The circumstances of William and his ex-wife meeting are unknown, but it's believed he had a habit of hanging around ESL meetup points and coffee shops. She was an ESL student in Vancouver at the time that they met. He remained unemployed with no future prospects when she became pregnant in 2003 with their son. She left him and the country the same year and went back to Japan. It was at this time she wanted a divorce and William refused. So part of William Schneider's M.O. was hanging around the Pender-Dunsmuir-Granville area of downtown Vancouver. This is an area that is packed with international schools and English as a second language schools. He would creep around coffee shops and food courts. All of his interactions were with Japanese students, primarily women Japanese students. None of them encouraged it or appreciated it. He was kind of shunned by them for obvious reasons, and he was referred to as, quote, William, some homeless guy. This is where it is believed that he first saw Natsumi. So we need to clarify a huge point that seemed to be missing in the media and at trial. Natsumi and Schneider were not dating. They were at best casual acquaintances that had met briefly in public only two times before. These times were just Schneider creeping around the coffee shops and food courts near the English schools. Natsumi never communicated by any medium, whether it be phone, email, or Facebook, as Schneider claims. Police forensics confirmed they never spoke or messaged each other. We are now going to walk through the short details of the day that Natsumi was murdered. The following is from the voir dire at trial. It outlines the events of September 8, 2016. So on the morning of September 8, 2016, Natsumi Kogawa leaves her homestay at 11 a.m. and travels to downtown Vancouver. She most likely went to various locations downtown on her own before going to the Harbor Center food court to study in the afternoon, as she often did. It is at this point where we believe that Natsumi met William Schneider in the food court around 1 o'clock or 1.10. This is usually where William Schneider would be hanging around. At 1.27 p.m., 
CCTV captures William and Natsumi walking in the upper level of the mall after leaving the escalator that leads out of the food court. At 1.31 p.m., both exit Harbor Center Mall and walk west. At 1.42 p.m., both are seen on CCTV at Thurlow and Hastings where they turn south and walk down Thurlow. Between 2.15 and 2.20, they arrive at the Gabriola Mansion together. William said they stopped to buy beer for her. This is false. They did not. Natsumi did not drink beer. Between 2.20 and 2.30, Schneider sets up his tent on the grounds of the mansion. He begins drinking vodka, and he also starts smoking methamphetamine. Then, between 2.30 and 4 o'clock, Natsumi Kogawa is murdered by William Victor Schneider via asphyxiation when he places his hand over her mouth and squeezes her nose during a sexual assault inside of his tent on the grounds of the Gabriella mansion. Days later, Natsumi would be reported missing by friends. Then, on Wednesday, September 28th, Vancouver police would make a gruesome discovery. The body of Natsumi Kogawa would be found in an advanced state of decomposition in a suitcase on the grounds of the historic Gabriela Mansion. William Schneider would go on the run to Vernon, British Columbia. While in Vernon, he would confess to the crime to his brother and also over a phone call to his ex-wife in Japan. Schneider would state on the phone to his ex-wife, quote, Did you hear about the Japanese girl who died? I did it, or I killed her. This evidence would be submitted by his brother in court. Schneider would be arrested in a homeless encampment after sexually assaulting a woman and attempting to kill himself with a heroin overdose. The murder trial would begin in September of 2018. After four days of deliberation, the jury would find William Victor Schneider guilty of second-degree murder and would be sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 14 years. He would also be given three and a half years for the added charge of interfering with human remains. Okay, so here are the latest developments in this case. And this is where this story takes yet another tragic turn. Schneider's defense team would file an appeal on the following grounds. In total, there were four points to the appeal that were all claimed to be errors by the trial judge. A big part of the grounds for appeal was the phone call that his brother overheard where Schneider admitted to killing Natsumi, where he said either, I killed her, or I did it. Now keep in mind here, they didn't have access to the other side of this conversation that happened, so it's impossible to know what he exactly was talking about or exactly what he said in this phone call. Also, the trial judge erred in law by incorrectly answering a jury question. The trial judge erred by incorrectly admitting statements about Schneider. The trial judge incorrectly admitted statements attributed to Schneider without providing the reasons for doing so. The trial judge incorrectly charged the jury on the circumstantial evidence rule. That's a lot of legalese. We aren't entirely sure what it means at this point either because we don't have access to the court documents yet, but these are the four reasons why the appeal was allowed to go forward. So it's clear by reading these that Schneider's defense team is trying to get him off on some sort of technicality. William Schneider received a fair trial. Um, We know this. We've read the court documents on the original trial. Now his team is trying to get him off by calling out the previous trial judge uh, and claiming that he made errors. Um, 
and Schneider's defense team was seeking the appeal to be granted and a new trial be ordered. Now, we watched this appeals trial in October of 2020. It was available on Zoom. And sadly, a three-judge panel would rule two to one and vote that William Schneider should win his appeal and then a new trial should be ordered. It seemed that the phone call was actually a sticking point for two of these judges who granted the appeal. Because there was one dissenting opinion on the three-judge panel, this means that the Supreme Court of Canada will automatically hear this case and can potentially overturn this decision and uphold Schneider's murder conviction. However, in the meantime, this means that Schneider's sentence for second-degree murder was vacated, meaning that he could be released. But he still has time left on his indignity-to-a-body sentence. But here's the thing. Schneider has completed his two-thirds of that sentence at this point, which means that statutory release legislation allows for his release if the Parole Board of Canada grants a supervised release into the community. Like, the thing is, so he, he still had time left on that, that three-and-a-half-year sentence, but he served the vast majority of it. And with COVID and all that, it looked like he was about to be released. So there was a fear that William Schneider would walk out of prison, especially with early releases happening during the pandemic. His file was sent to the parole board for a hearing. According to a parole board document from February 26, 2021, the following was said about William Victor Schneider. Quote, your institutional history reflects negative behavior, including an inability to manage your anger and aggression. You were involved in fights with inmates, were verbally abusive to staff, and demonstrated angry and intimidating behaviors. You were most recently involved in a violent incident in July and in December 2019. Correctional Service of Canada says your violent behavior demonstrates you have difficulty controlling your violent impulses. It would go on to state that Schneider refused to participate in the most recent psychological risk assessment that was completed on February 16, 2021, specific to a detention review. The psychologist indicated that if he remains untreated and unresponsive to programming and supervision, he would present a high risk of future violence. The psychologist believes Schneider presents a somewhat greater risk of sexually reoffending than the typical sex offender. His institutional parole officer, or IPO, also spoke of Schneider's concerning risk level and said that he could not set aside Schneider's outstanding charges, allegations, or criminal history. He referred to Schneider's prior indifference, lack of programming, high risk to reoffend, and his refusal to participate in a psychological assessment. Schneider then told the board he had concerns with what his IPO said. Schneider said no one had approached him to take programs and that he had been working on adult basic education. Schneider does not believe that the information in his file is reliable. Based on the findings, the board concluded there is sufficient information to order a detention hearing. Okay, so based on that information, it is clear that Schneider has not programmed in prison, he has been violent in prison, and he does not agree with the professional assessment of himself. So a detention hearing is called. So what happens at the detention hearing? So at the detention hearing, the following was decided. The Correctional Service Canada is recommending that William Schneider be detained past his legislated statutory release date. The Correctional Service Canada believes there are reasonable grounds to believe that he is likely to commit an offense causing serious harm to another person before the expiration of his sentence. 
So the document goes on to say that the board orders Schneider's detention. He is assessed as a high risk to reoffend violently and an above average risk to reoffend sexually. The board finds Schneider has established a pattern of persistent violence, has not reduced his risk to reoffend, and has not demonstrated any capacity to manage his violent impulses. Given his assessed high risk for violence, lack of a viable release plan, and poor history under supervision, the board finds that there are no alternatives to incarceration or supervision that would be adequate to manage his risk to the public. As a result, the board is satisfied that Schneider is likely, if released, to commit an offense causing death or serious harm to another person before the expiration of his sentence, and the board orders his detention. So obviously this is good news. William Victor Schneider will remain incarcerated while his appeal makes its way to the Supreme Court of Canada. It is our hope that the Supreme Court of Canada will overrule the appeal that Schneider won at the provincial level. If the Supreme Court of Canada upholds the appeal verdict, that means that another trial will be held for the murder of Natsumi Kogawa. So that means that her family, friends, and community will be further traumatized by a career violent offender and sexual predator. William Victor Schneider appeared in BC Supreme Court in Vancouver by video on Wednesday, May 11th, 2021. His new provincial trial on charges of second-degree murder and interference with human remains is now set to begin on May 24th, 2022. So we have two proceedings at play here. His appeal decision will be heard by the Supreme Court of Canada, or his new trial will happen in BC Supreme Court. So whether it be in the Supreme Court of Canada or through a new jury trial in BC, we hope that there is finally lasting justice for Natsumi and that our cities and town can be safe from violent offenders like William Victor Schneider. So we wanted to bring you an update on this case because we genuinely care um, that Natsumi Kogawa gets justice. And we also want to highlight that there are incredibly violent individuals out there. And sometimes we, as the public, really have no idea how thinly we are protected from people like Schneider. He got a fair trial. He confessed to the murder, and now he's trying to get away with the murder of an innocent young woman based on a trial technicality. We stand with Natsumi's family and her community, and we will continue to cover this case until Schneider is locked away. So that does it for this update episode on Natsumi Kogawa's case. We are an independent, self-funded podcast that brings awareness to missing people and victims of violent crime. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash tntcpod. Please subscribe to us on your platform of choice and tell a friend about True North True Crime. Our producers on the podcast are Amy's Book Reviews, Alberta Bly, Cindy McDee, Blair Martin, Alyssa Santos, Anastasia, Ariel Elliott, Melanie E., Kelly Donahue, Carolyn Moore, Emily L., Jason Dallas, Jimmy Hankins, Tiffany C., and the Missing and Unexplained podcast. We will be back soon with another episode of True North True Crime, so until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe, gang.